I'm Crystal Escobar, and this is episode number 83. Is this the sign of the times? Welcome to the Mormon Enlightenment Podcast, hosted by Wannabe Balanced. My name is Crystal Escobar. And I'm Sean Escobar. This podcast started out as a self-help podcast for moms and has transformed into a documentation of our journey out of Mormonism. Our goal is to make it safe for others to live their authentic life, break free from social norms and limiting beliefs, and inspire others to courageously share their truth. In February 2018, Sean published a recording between him and the man who sexually abused him as a child. This man was the director of the most recent Temple Endowment video, and the story was featured on the front page of the New York Times. Sean has become a powerful advocate for victims of sexual abuse. Crystal founded the Wannabe Balance brand in 2010 and recently published her first book. Now we have decided to partner up and grow this special post-Mormon community. We want people to feel safe to follow their hearts, even if that means leaving one's lifelong religion. Not only should they feel safe to leave, they should be able to do so with their dignity intact. Hey everyone, I know right now is a difficult time for all of us, especially with conference weekend. It's Saturday right now, and I'm recording this podcast, and I know conference is going on right now, and I'm not, obviously, I'm not participating in any of that, but if you spend any time on social media, you know you'll be bombarded with all kinds of things that Mormons are saying right now, which what I'm trying to do is actually stay off of social media because I don't want to be triggered by these types of things that... um you know, Mormons are saying right now. And not that I don't want to hold space for them and allow them to speak their truth. It's just, I also at the same time have to set my own boundaries and protect myself in where I know I might be triggered. So I just might not be to a level yet where I can be exposed to that and be completely calm and centered as they are, you know, spreading all of this like fear, in my opinion. I feel like a lot of what they teach is um, stemmed from fear. And I don't, I want to stay as far away from that as possible. And I'm just not in a place right now where I can see and hear the things that they're saying about the sign of the times and what's happening right now. And, you know, my mom sent in our group text with all my sisters, she was, you know, basically saying, yeah, it's the sign of the times, as if all of us agree with that, you know, like none of us are in the church. And so it's just funny how Mormons just like to um, passively, aggressively put their uh, beliefs on upon us as if we believe that, you know, and so it's kind of irritating to see what uh, Mormons are saying. So that's why I know for me and my mental well-being and all that, I need to be aware of the things that I'm consuming. So I'm trying to stay off of social media and not even um, participate in whatever people are saying about the conference because I don't want to know what they're saying because it will just irritate me. It will just bug me. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what about all of this, what's going on. You know, there's earthquakes and um the pandemic, the the virus being quarantined and this worry and stress about the economy. There's so much that we are, that is consuming our minds right now. And I just wanted to create an episode to hopefully just put your mind at ease 
because I think that that is very much possible even during a pandemic and being quarantined and stuck at home homeschooling our kids. It's just all a matter of shifting our perspective or our, our mindset and being aware of the thoughts and the beliefs that are going on in our minds. So I, that's why I wanted to do an episode and kind of um, address some of these things like certain points that I've written down that I wanted to talk about. First and foremost, we know that we create our own reality. You have to decide which story you want to believe. And it's funny, Sean and I just did a, a YouTube video for the Mormon Enlightenment uh, YouTube channel, and we titled it Sign of the Times, question mark. <laughs> and we shared our our views and opinions around all this together. So, But I wanted to elaborate a little bit and share a little bit more of, of the way I'm seeing this personally. And... Um, but I did share a story in that video where Sean the other day, his dad was over and and Sean was saying, you know, I think maybe we even had the coronavirus like in January, we all got real sick and it was like kind of like a different kind of sick. And we just, Sean was just deciding, you know, I want to believe that we already got it, you know, because then we can feel maybe that we're a little more immune to it and and all that. So not not to say that we won't be taking um, precaution, you know, like staying home and, uh, washing our hands and just, you know, practicing social distancing. We're still doing all of those things. So we don't want to be ignorant and careless about the reality of what's going on, but we, he was just choosing to believe that, you know, maybe we already had it and, um, I'm just going to believe that so that I can avoid feeling that fear. And his dad was like, well, you know, that's highly unlikely. And, and Sean's rebuttal was, was Joseph Smith a prophet? Or was Joseph Smith a pedophile? Which story do you want to believe? And it was just funny because he was just making a joke and he loves to make these little jokes with his dad. He knows that his dad can take it. And <laughs> and uh, But it's just funny to me. I always love when Sean makes these little digs, you know, like just points these things out. <laughs> little little bits and pieces at a, time, at a time when he's with his, fam, his parents, he'll just say these things, you know, just to cause them to think a little bit. Not trying to be disrespectful, but... I loved that he said that though, because it's like, that is our choice at this moment. What story do we want to believe? Do we want to latch on to all the fear that the media is feeding us? Or do we want to try to see this in a positive light? And I know that may seem, that might sound a little insensitive because there are people actually dying and being affected tremendously by this, but we can still see this in a positive light way. And that's kind of what I hope to do today is share my, my positive outlook on all this. And even to just to go back real quick to explain why I personally choose to believe that Joseph Smith was a pedophile and not believe that he is a prophet. I mean, I, I get to choose that. I can choose if I want to believe that Joseph Smith was a prophet. I still have that choice. And if I wanted to believe that, I could do that. I could create that reality. I could believe it if I really wanted to. But the reasons why I chose not to is because I finally realized that I was disagreeing with a lot of things about the church. And I, I started to feel like I didn't have a choice. And, you know, there's so many different reasons why I choose to believe that Joseph Smith was a pedophile, but I wanted to just share a few right now. Um, yeah, you, you just feel like you don't really have a choice because you're taught your entire life that this is the, the one and only true church. This is the way. And I didn't really like that. It's just like, well, that seems very exclusionary and uh, even disrespectful to other people's beliefs. And that doesn't seem right to me because the church doesn't 
practice acceptance and inclusion of all. They want to force everyone to live in their reality and that they are the right and the one and only true church. And that just seems impossible. If we want to come together worldwide, it's not going to happen by trying to force our beliefs on others and trying to prove that there is only one truth. There is only one reality. And if you're not doing it, then you're going to be sad and lost and and end up in outer darkness alone. And, you know, that's just so much fear around that. And it just doesn't seem like that is a way to live. And that didn't motivate me. It just felt very dark and depressing that there is only one way. And if you don't do it just right, you might end up in a lesser kingdom. And I just realized I don't want to believe that anymore. I don't want to believe that um, we might be separate from separated from our families and that some people will end up alone and in outer darkness and, and all that. Like it, it just seems very depressing. And I, I started to realize that there were other more beautiful stories that I wanted to believe. And once I realized that the possibility of the church not being true, then it felt like it felt exciting and so liberating that, oh my gosh, like that's not true. Like that doesn't have to be true for me. Like I get to choose my own reality. And that was just the most beautiful experience for me to finally get to that place where I felt like I had a choice. And I just think that if we are, if we can move away from fear and the end of days mentality and the final judgment day and be more inclusive and accepting of other people's opinions and realities because we all are living in our own reality. So if we can just accept everyone where they're at and not try to convince or convert people to our way of seeing things, then we can live in harmony worldwide. We don't need to believe the same things to live in harmony. So that's kind of my perspective in a nutshell, as far as why I choose to believe that Joseph Smith is a pedophile. And yeah, it is a choice. So which story do you want to choose? What story makes you feel good? Choose a story that you like when it comes to this whole, this whole coronavirus thing. We can choose love and gratitude, or we can choose fear. This crisis virus being quarantine can actually be a gift. This is a time for us to reflect. I was just watching a video last night on Gaia TV um, by Matthias Di Stefanos, I think that's how you say his name. And he was saying, he was kind of um, sharing an analogy, you know, like this is, you know, like when you're in trouble and you get sent to your room and your mom is like, now sit there and think about what you did. You know, we're kind of in timeout. You can think about this quarantine being in timeout a little bit, not in a, in a fearful way or a judgmental way, but just to, a chance for us to sit in our homes and reflect and think about what we've done. Um, and again, not in a, in a judgmental way, but in just a reflective way um, of acceptance and love always as we reflect on ourselves and how we can improve. Um, there should be no fear and judgment, but there's always room for growth and reflection and deciding, how do I want to live? How have I been taking care of my body? How have I been treating the planet? How am I taking care of my em emotional health and my mental health? How am I treating other people and taking 
nurturing my relationships and how do I take, how do I treat animals? Like there's just so many different things that we can sit and think about as we are being quarantined. Everything is so, everything is shut down, which feels like the perfect opportunity for us to sit there and think and ponder and really analyze our lives and decide where we want to go from here. You know, instead of sitting here at home being fearful and consumed with, oh my gosh, what's going to become of us? What will become of the economy? Instead of doing that, we can actually think, yeah, what will become of us? But in a positive way, like, oh my gosh, this can actually be quite exciting. When one door closes, another one opens. Also, you can compare it to a birth. Crisis is actually a birth. Birth, we know, is painful. Even if you do get an epidural, birth is very much painful. <laughs> Even with the medicine, you have to experience. Um, there's so much that the women experience when giving birth to a baby, and there is no pain-free way of doing it. I, I'm, I know there isn't. Even with all the medicine, I mean, being pregnant is is not necessarily the most enjoyable thing <laughs> for most women and um and there's always the the recovery and the healing and all that so if you if you compare it to a birth which I can I like to think about um my experience giving birth I two ba- my first two babies I delivered um with an epidural in the hospital and then my last two babies I chose to go and unmedicated because I wanted to experience that and as I did more research, I, I realized that hmm, maybe this might be like an opportunity for, for growth for myself and to prove to myself my capabilities and what I am, what I can endure in this physical body. I wanted to know that for myself. And I knew and heard from so many other women how empowering it was. And I wanted to experience that. So that's why I chose to go unmedicated. And with my first experience with Brooklyn, I think it's just funny to look back and think how different the the last two births were, even though they were both natural. But I was just so unprepared mentally and emotionally my first time around. And But I definitely learned a lot. So I like to compare the two experiences, my two natural birth experiences, and realize how I did grow um, and learn a lot from my first time around. But I remember the first with Brooklyn, and I got to this point where, I mean, I literally, if you did not know you were giving birth, you would truly believe you were dying. And I was actually thinking, maybe I'm dying. Like, this is the most excruciating, the most painful thing I've ever endured. And it just didn't seem possible that I could physically endure it. It was just the most intense thing I could ever imagine, even beforehand and trying to mentally prepare. I'm like, okay, well, our bodies were made to do this, so it can't be that bad. But oh yeah, it's it's that bad. <laughs> and you feel like you're literally dying. And I remember when I was pushing Brooklyn out and I finally got to the point where I had gotten part of her head out. And then I had to wait for the next contraction, but her head was like already halfway out. And I was like screaming bloody murder. And I was screaming for my midwife and, and my doula. I'm like, can't you just pull her out? Can't you just pull her out? Like there's gotta be a way you just grab her head and just pull her out for me. Like this is too painful. Her head is just sitting there. And 
I just wanted her out and they're like, no, no, you have to do this. You have to wait for the next contraction and just, and you can push her out. And you know, that minute waiting for that next contraction felt like an eternity. It's just a good comparison to how painful this feels right now, this crisis. Um, Even if we haven't yet been directly affected by it um, per se, like we haven't lost anyone that we know or love, but we, we see the suffering happening all over and it causes us to fear like, oh my gosh, how, how am I going to handle that when it hits here? Or, or is it going to hit here? Am I going to get it? Is my family going to get it? And there's so much fear and worry. Even just being home, I, we can feel, if we choose to think that we are in prison, then we'll, we will feel like we are in prison. So we have to realize on one level that crisis is a birth and cr- a birth is painful. And the only way to birth a child, or in other words, birth a new civilization, is to stop resisting what is. You can't, there's no way around it. It is painful. You have to endure it. You have to go through it yourself. You can't, nobody else can do this for you. Um, Nobody else can fix what's going on inside of you. And that's the work that we need to do during this time. And I like to think, you know, like Eckhart Tolle has been talking about a new earth. Um, and yeah, this is just, this is our, this is a time I feel that a new earth is being born. So we get to choose at this point, will we choose fear or will we choose evolution? And to me, I feel like, you know, I'm trying to word this in a way where it doesn't come across as though us post-Mormons are better than Mormons, but I just, based on my own personal experience as a Mormon, I'm realizing that my, my fear way of being motivated, being motivated by fear, like fear that I wasn't doing enough, fear that maybe I'll be judged, fear that I am not worthy, and fear that, you know, we don't know when Christ is coming, and we might not be ready, like that Every way that I lived was through fear. I worried so much that I wasn't doing enough and that I wasn't worthy. Now realizing that I have the choice to choose to be motivated by fear or to be motivated by evolution. And I love seeing it in that way because this is how we are growing. This crisis can be the key to growth and a new a new earth a new civilization a new you and that's how I want to see it that's the story that I'm choosing to believe and that's where I feel the most empowered and the most positive and the most free is to believe that this is simply evolution this is the planet evolving and we are part of the earth we are all one and we are all evolving together a virus can be the catapult to a new, better version of ourselves collectively as a whole. Resistance causes our own suffering. Byron Katie teaches this so beautifully that when we resist reality, we suffer. And it's all about flowing and allowing. And if you imagine yourself going down a river and you're all tense and you're trying to steer the boat or, you know, trying to get your your boat or canoe to go a certain direction 
you, I mean, you can even just picture how that would look like it would look very unstable, very stressful and, and would take, require a lot of your own physical energy. But if we just could get to a level of trust and allowing, we could just flow down the river, even if it does get rough at sometimes as we relax and allow ourselves to flow down the river it will be a lot less exhausting and can even be exhilarating or exciting. I love the quote um, by Gay Hendricks, I think it was. He says, fear is excitement without the breath. And I shared this in my book, how once I realized this concept to be true, it was amazing. And I even practiced it on like a roller coaster with my kids when we were at Lagoon a couple summers ago. And I realized that I, I wanted to practice and see if that actually worked when it came to being on a roller coaster and, and feeling that fear uh, around something um, at an, an amusement park and not necessarily something that has to do with our our life, you know. So going on a roller coaster, we all tried it. And I was like, okay, right when you're on the roller coaster, you're at the top of the hill. And right when you're about to do that big drop off and go straight down the hill, you take a deep breath in and it is amazing how you have no butterflies. Like your stomach doesn't get that not tight feeling anymore. You don't have that. And it just feels so amazing. Like you actually enjoy the ride that much more because I know we kind of like that feeling of like, oh, being scared. But it's even better when you breathe through that intensity, that fear. It actually feels so free like you're flying and it's exciting it feels good so if you remember that remember to breathe practice meditation and realize that fear can actually be excitement so turn your fear into excitement because this can be an exciting time right now think of all the things that you get to do right now that you never got to do like when in history have you ever heard about everything shutting down. I mean, I know it's happened in history, but, you know, based on the little bits of history that we feel are closest to us, which is what our parents experienced and what we experienced growing up, this has never happened before. How exciting is this? This is new. This is different. Things are shifting. A new civilization is forming. I mean, if we look at it with that perspective, and if we're not afraid of death, then we can feel the excitement of our own evolution and what this means can be a very beautiful thing. The other day, um, Lily and I were writing in our journal. I was like, let's write about all the things that we get to do right now at this time. Like there's so much that we get to do right now when with everything being shut down, there's less distractions. Everything feels so peaceful. You go outside, it's quiet. You don't hear cars you don't hear airplanes. There's not a lot of people out. It's just very peaceful to go outside and to see everything pausing. It's so calm. And if you can just appreciate that, this quarantine, this crisis can be a lot more enjoyable even. You know, you can't, you can't even apply that to giving birth. I as I was trying to prepare myself for a natural birth, there were so many different people claiming that they could, that they had a pain-free delivery. 
and I was like, I mean, un, unmedicated, pain-free delivery. I was like, really? That's possible? And I believe it's possible, but it's all a matter of mindset. And, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get there with my first birth. But my second birth, I I got pretty dang close. Like, it was a four-hour labor. He came right out. And it was only intense, like really intense for like the last 30 minutes and way different than my experience with Brooklyn. So it is possible. It just takes practice and awareness. So we can get through this even pain-free. I've been thinking a lot about the movie Tangled. And I remember when I first watched it and the very first song was my favorite. I I would say that I felt the spirit (laughs) during that song. And I don't know why it was weird that I got so emotional and excited about that song I have no idea but I really did I still can't really explain why it makes me emotional but I just loved that she had all this time to do all these things you know she was practically in prison in her little you know in her tower and and but how she was doing it gracefully and excited and happy she just, uh, I just wanted to read a part of all the things that she was doing during this time while she was stuck in her tower. 7 a.m., the usual morning lineup. Start on the chores and sweep till the floors are all clean. Polish and wax, do laundry, mop and shine and sweep again. I'll read a book, maybe two or three. Add a few new paintings to my gallery. I'll play guitar and knit and cook. And after lunch, it's puzzles and darts and baking, paper mache, a bit of ballet and chess, poetry and ventriloquy, candle making. Then I'll stretch, maybe sketch, take a climb, sew a dress, reread the books. And then she'll, if she has time to spare, she'll paint the wall some more. And I just loved how um, optimistic and positive this whole song was and her, just her example of being in prison, but had kept herself busy her whole life doing so many beautiful productive things and this is our time to do these things either we can choose the story of we are in prison there's so much we don't get to do right now we don't get to go to movie theaters and restaurants and um, be out in crowds and all these things that we can be focusing on the things that we don't get to do but when we shift our focus to all the beautiful amazing things that we we get to do right now which reminds me of my mission even now I can still see meaningful positive lessons that I took from my mission in Germany I remember um, at times I would feel very deprived like oh we can't listen to music we don't get to see movies I can't date we have to wake up early and do this all day long and and it did at times I did allow myself to feel like I was in prison and but then when I shifted my focus to my purpose, my purpose, I would say, was not necessarily about converting people. I didn't really feel that strong like desire to convert people necessarily. I think if I did, it was more for my ego, like I wanted to say that I had a baptism or but I don't think I was truly converted to my own religion even then I, I just was trying to fit in. I was trying to be good. I was trying to do good. And so I thought that that's what I was supposed to do by going on a mission, giving my my life over to God and the church and bringing more people into the church. That was more so to feel like I was worthy and to, to feed my ego, to be able to brag, I guess, about the people that I was able to convert. But when I, my my purpose deep down inside on my mission, now looking back, I can see that my purpose was growth 
Like I wanted to learn the language. I wanted to get better at teaching the discussions and just teaching in general. So when I shifted my focus to, I want to be good at this. I want to be really good at teaching and speaking German. Then I felt passionate about my mission and I enjoyed my mission. But when I was thinking about how lame it was that I had to be out there and working seven days a week, all day, you get no breaks. You don't get to do all these things that you're used to doing. I suffered. That's when my mission was hard for me. But it's all about shifting our our focus and our perspective and deciding which story we want to believe. And I want to believe there is a purpose around all of this. This is not a punishment. This is not judgment day. This is not a time for you to feel like, oh shit, (laughs) I should have repented. I should have done more. Now I'm going to be judged like Christ is coming and I'm not ready and all that. Like, I don't want to believe that. I don't feel good about that. It just feels scary. So I'm choosing my own story. I'm choosing my reality and it feels beautiful. I can honestly say that for the most part, I have not been feeling fear or worry. I'm saying for the most part because I am human and I've experienced some, but I quickly catch myself. I catch my thoughts. I breathe. I meditate. I take time to be alone. I write and I consume only things that I know will make me feel good. I don't consume what's going on on social media. You can't control what you're going to see if you're going to start scrolling through Facebook. You don't know what you're, what's going to show up. So be very intentional about what you're consuming right now. I'm consuming everything on Gaia TV, only YouTube videos that from from gurus and spiritual thought leaders that I know are spreading positivity and I know are in alignment with the things that I, want, I choose to believe. And that's what I'm focusing on right now. And this is such a beautiful time. We get to be with our kids and there's so much we get to do right now. This is a very peaceful time. So let's focus on the good and choose that story that makes you feel good. Hope you guys are doing well and feeling well, and I'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening to the Wannabe Balanced podcast. Get access to free resources available at wannabebalanced.com. If you love the show, then leave a review or share it with a friend. Until next week.